0: SN 1200 presents Tee It Up with golf pro and columnist Kevin Hayne. Talk all things golf with a former Canadian PGA Teacher of the Year and a National Post Canada's Top 10 Golf Teacher. Now, get out your driver and tee
1: it up with Kevin Hayne. You know anything about him? I know we're on air. I know we're on air. I'm good. You know anything about
2: Ludwig Aberg? I do, apart from being the top amateur at uh, Bay Hill right now. Uh, he's a young uh, Scandinavian player who's you know, a lot of Ryder Cup fans are thinking is the next wave of talent for the huh. team.
1: Morning, Ottawa golfers. How you doing out there? Uh, Kevin and Jake coming at you. Tee it up here on TSN 1200. A little bit of a different time today. We're normally 8 to 9 in the wintertime, but it's the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo, and we're on the floor, wedged in between the entrance and the beer garden. So what a great spot to be in life. Uh, not much of a golf morning, I would say. Roads are, uh, we can give you a little weather report, everybody. They're a little sketchy, although people are moving along, and uh, it didn't really slow us down. We got here at, we said we'd be here at 8.30, we're here at 8.30. So uh, uh, traffic's decent, but roads are not great, and I am so sick of this, I can't even speak about it. Normally, we're thinking about plowing our golf center to get things rolling. I think we're going to be, uh, we're going to be at least, I don't know, another week and a half. I can't even see it happening, right, this morning. Yeah.
2: Things don't seem like they
1: have a lot of hope week, right now. Week and a half sounds silly. Anyway, we've got a lot going on. We've got a whole, newer, a whole new tour discussion for 2024. We're going to kind of fill you in on what's going on there. Or we'll give you some opinions as well. We've got another designated event this week. Of course, it should be a designated event, the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, at Bay Hill, lots of excitement there, and the course is playing rough. You know, uh, yesterday I was watching, Jake. First of all, I've played Bay Hill many times. Love the course, love the property, love everything about—well, really anything affiliated with Arnold Palmer. He was such a traditionalist, and uh, the whole place is set up so perfectly. Where the putting green is right between the first tee and the and the uh, clubhouse. And then where the restaurant is inside, right by the locker room. Like, the whole thing is really structured amazingly. Well, given he did it years and years and years ago. So anything Arnold Palmer is always fantastic. It's a great layout. Um, it's not quite major championship layout, I don't think. But with conditions, they've made it that. And I was listening to John Rahm, who, you know, I think we all thought was bulletproof and going to win everything until yesterday when he, he struggled mightily uh, at Bay Hill. But he, he was saying that, Bermuda greens, and I've never heard this comment before, that the Bermuda greens down there, when they get really dried out, they lose all their grain, so they get a little crispy, and they get—it's it, a completely different way to read the grain. So if you're playing in the morning, there's a grain to Bermuda greens, and and the, you know, if you're kind of across the grain, it'll drag your ball sideways. But as it dries out and gets crispier. And shorter and tighter, it does less of it. And I guess there might even be a difference from morning to evening uh, on how much the putts are going to break out there. So that was kind of an interesting comment I'd never thought about uh, a Bermuda green. Yeah, I mean,
2: it even shows the stuff these guys are processing when they're making decisions on the golf course that just don't occur to most people. Yeah,
1: he right? made a mistake. yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but he bogeyed five, which is kind of a it's a tricky little dinky hole. It's not one of my favorites at Bay Hill. He bogeyed five, and then he he double bogeyed six. Uh, kind of cut too much up, knocked it in the water. I think Rory knocked it in the water there too. So maybe the guy's getting a little too aggressive, trying to make sure that the angles are there. That is one brilliant golf hole. It's literally a horseshoe, most famous shot ever hit there. Of course, was Deschambeau hitting it straight at the green. You have to, You you cannot believe what kind of distance that is until you stand on that tee and look at it. Like, I I would stand there and go, well, my ball's going to fall 100 yards short of the green. Like, it's not even, you don't even look at it, right? You look at it because it's cool to see where the green is, but I still can't fathom that some of these guys can hit the ball over there. Anyway, it's a perfect little circle, and, you know, as every circle would be, the radius changes as you cut more and more off. And I think a little bit of that fiery immaturity might have gotten to Rom there where he, he bogeyed uh, a five and then double bogeyed six and then bogeyed eight and nine. So that little run uh, might have been a little bit of old. Uh, I, I didn't see the coverage, so I, I don't know that he was fuming. But I just think in general, you can kind of see maybe after bogeying five, you're trying to cut too much on, on six. But it's a really neat golf course. And the finish is, is spectacular. It's one of the great finishes in golf. Doesn't get enough attention. All the way back to the Greg Norman, Robert Gamez days. You wouldn't even remember that, would you? <laughs>
2: no, I don't.
1: I, I got. We got to look up what year that is. We'll have to look up what year that was when Greg uh, Robert Gammes made made a shot from the fairway to, for a two to beat Greg Norman at the API. But the finish there, the par five, is eagleable or double bogeyable, and then it's a really good par three, and then the eighteenth hole is a great par four. So you've got this. You know, it's not the Players Championship, TPC Sawgrass. It's not. Well, it is the Masters. I think 16, 17, and 18, you know, it's such an important finish, but the holes aren't the greatest holes at Augusta National, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's one of the greatest finishes in golf. We stayed at uh, – I went down with Horst Bulow, the old ski jumper. I was coaching his son, Kiefer. Uh, I've played a bunch of other times too, but we went and spent three days there and kind of really got absorbed in the atmosphere. Arnie was still alive when we were there. It was about six, seven years ago, and um, – we got a picture with young Kiefer with Arnold Palmer, and he signed his cap. It was the typical story that people always had about Arnie, where we went in the clubhouse, and Arnie's sitting there. You know, you think of this guy as some kind of an icon, like a like a movie star where you're he's got bodyguards. You're never going to get to see him. And you'd show up at Bay Hill, or he'd be downstairs in the locker room playing cards with his buddies right at the base when everyone walked in to have a pee or get their spikes changed or just put down a shirt or something. You know, Arnie was always around there. And I always remember... Uh, one time I was there, he had two staff bags full of Callaway drivers. So he had parked kind of near his entrance by the by his office at the clubhouse. And the cart's sitting there, and there's at least 30 drivers, all different spec shafts and everything. And he was like 78 at the time. Like Arnie was out on the range trying to rip the right driver and find the magical little whatever, right? He was always like that. I don't think there'll ever be another guy like him. I mean, there's a Tiger Woods and a Ben Hogan and a Jack Nicklaus, but uh, Ernie was a man of the people and just a different. Uh, had a different aura about him. He, he really had that same Tiger kind of. Greg Norman had it a bit, too. These are guys I've stood close to over the years who have just such a chemistry and such a charisma about them that you can almost feel it coming out of them. It's really interesting. Anyway, there's my little Bay Hill thing. Kurt Ka- T- Kadiyama, you know much about him? Uh, yeah, I mean Kadiyama's been kind of he's uh, been all over the world. He's played they listed his tours last last night. I was doing some
2: research. He's played on like 10 tours. Yeah, he was an incredibly good amateur player. Um, you know, I think it's been slower breaking on to the tour than I think some people expected it to be. Um, you know, he's untested <laughs> in terms of event being this uh, big where he's on top, but I mean, he's a he's a he's a very good touring professional. So you know, I don't know that I look at it and go. Compared to Jordan Spieth, Shafile, Connors, Cantley, Fitzpatrick, and Thomas, who are in his heels, he's going to get it done. But uh, he's a he's a fun golfer to watch.
1: Yeah, uh, little guy, five foot six. Read that. That's so funny. We just had our crack research staff here come up with this stat. So I asked you if you saw Robert Gamez, What year were you born? Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. So Robert Gamez holes out at Bay Hill, March twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety. Before tracks. Your, before your mom and I were even married. Oh my goodness, I'm getting old. That's funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jordan Spieth's, uh playing well this year. Not putting as well. It's it's one of those old stories, right? Where the better you, the more you work on your uh, golf swing, you kind of neglect your short game a little bit, and vice versa.
2: And yeah, uh, I think what's interesting is if you look at Jordan Spieth's last 20 rounds, he's actually, you know, he's gained 13.9 strokes on the field on average in ball striking, which is, I think, not what people expect out of him. He's been driving the ball almost as well as he has in his entire career. His approach game's been great. uh, But he's lost in the same time four uh, four and a half strokes on the greens. So I think that's very... Antithetical to what we think about Jordan Spieth, right? We think about Jordan as the he's yeah, maybe he, a little all over the place, but looks he a little like better.
1: Huh? He still got that. I think it throws us off because he's got that weird kind of over the top practice move that he's working on to reshape his downswing. So you look at him doing that, and you immediately think he's kind of struggling and working on
2: something weird, so he can't hit be hitting the ball.
3: Agreed. That well. And look, it's actually Jor-
1: working
2: for him. Jordan always is more than some of the best ball strikers. You know, prone to the occasional. Absolutely left field shot Right, yeah. he Comes out of nowhere He hits it awful uh, The good thing for him Is he's great at recovering From those situations He'd have a right,
1: he'd have a right field shot too Remember at the uh,
2: 2015 British Open When he won He hit it on the driving range Dead right Because he, yes, he, he He stays way, much way more back right than right? Left. Yeah. You're right yeah. I, I meant left field As the as the phrase You're right though The the right misses where he struggles um, That said Clearly he's got it More under control He's hitting his irons Great it it actually goes to show if Jordan can ironically get his putting together and get the get a little hot, um, we might wind up having quite a Jordan Spieth year. So it's fun to see him. Well, we in the got
1: mix. a John Rahm year. I see Matt Fitzpatrick back on the leaderboard, and Justin Thomas is there, and Scotty Scheffler's not going away. So we're going to talk a little later in the show, golfers, about um, what's happening in 2024. So I guess we're not going to call it a, a reaction to live golf in that tour, but we will call it a speed it up process to change their tour to be a better product based on what's been going on in the yeah, world there's of no golf. Question, you know?
2: There's no question it is reactionary. I, I do think a lot of the changes that are happening on the tour's format, some form of this would have happened at some point. The tour did have a systemic issue they had to solve, but there's no question the reaction to new competition and live has expedited that process. So, you know, I think this is the future of what the tour is gonna look like. It's massive news from that standpoint. And I think there's some really good stuff apart, and some stuff we have some questions about. Okay,
1: let me give two little lessons here before we uh, go to our first break. And, by the way, Greg Chambers, who's the top guy in charge of this show, the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo, where we're live on location today. Open till 5 o'clock, I believe. It was open last evening as well. So come on out and visit, everybody. There's lots of uh, action in here. There's a demo range and all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, t- two quick lessons. Number one, the Jordan Spee thing, uh, an exaggerated practice drill, can really help you get somewhere on on fixing changing something in your golf swing. Don't be afraid to have some crazy over exaggerated body motions to try to
2: snap that that habit of yours, right? The whole point of a practice swing is to practice a feeling So that when you actually go to hit the golf ball, your body copies that motor pattern more closely. So if you're trying to feel something, exaggerating it actually is easier to do than having this subtle little change that you all of a sudden have to replicate when you're actually going to hit a golf ball. Yeah, we
1: saw Tiger doing this, too. I called that. We were laughing. Uh... Tiger, there's a there's a, a shot of Tiger practicing, and he's sticking his bum out at the start of his downswing, like way
2: out, like back a foot. Yeah, he's probably squatting down turning. twelve inches. Yeah. So
1: what he's trying to do is get clearance through impact, so he doesn't feel stuck. His arms aren't in the way. So I was calling it the, the Tiger Woods and turn because it literally looks like he's sitting on a toilet and then rotating. You know that that's the action he's doing to get clearance through impact. So that your little lesson is to feel free to you know exaggerate a motion to snap you out of that habit you've got that you've been trying to fight, whether it's a slicing habit or whatever it is. The other thing is, back to Kurt Katayama just as we go to break, Uh, he shapes the golf club very old school. So I was watching him in the highlights last night. Agreed. Shaft very vertical, going back, almost straight up in the air, and then slams it down. And the swing you want to look at, one of the greatest ball strikers in the history of the game, who, who swung that way, was Nick Price. Nick Price always brought the club back very vertical, and then he'd change body direction, and his club would kind of shallow, and he'd swing around uh, around his body and into the golf ball and really hit it hard. And Katayama's got the same shape, the same backswing shape, the same downswing shape doing the exact same thing anyway so there's a couple of uh, lessons for everybody today we're going to give you a few putting drills because i think we're stuck inside for a little while longer uh we want to talk about head motion i had a lesson with a great young junior that we coach uh yesterday and there was a a a real problem with the way the head was moving and not moving so we're going to talk about head motion a little bit today i know jake you want to talk about gapping in clubs we touched on this i think about five weeks ago we talked about You know, I was talking about the fact that because the clubs are getting so de-lofted, the better engineered irons, that you're going to need nine different wedges soon, you know. So there's an issue there. We want to talk about that and also the technology in your set. Some of these clubs are are making that golf ball just jump off the face and others are still more traditional. So you have to watch when you build your set in your bag. So you're going to explain that for us today, okay? Sounds great. great. And we've got Greg uh, Chambers, who's the big man up around here, coming up right after this. And I think Andy Rahathi at the the top of the hour is going to talk to us so he's bringing the ottawa open here the commissionaire's ottawa open a canadian tour event to eagle creek this summer so we're going to chat about that a little bit too and we'll have a couple more guests pop in as well okay let's go to break there cam cam's back at 87 george uh he's got his coffee i believe he trudged his way through that back parking lot probably and uh ready to go you're ready to go there cam have we got you i'm fired up
4: boys are you? And you're going to the game tonight, I hear? Going to the game today. So, yep, flying high. I'll, I'll truck through anything necessary. Oh, is it an afternoon game? No, it's a 7 o'clocker. It's a yeah, 7 okay. o'clocker. Phew, so be because i got to go home to watch
1: tonight. F1 qualifying. So I didn't wow. want, like, the game on the same time as I'm supposed to be watching sports F1 today. We have
2: F1, we have golf, we have hockey. It's a smorgasbord for a snowy day.
1: Well, go, sends, go, right? I had, uh, actually, Cam, I had lunch with Dean Brown yesterday. Nice. We're talking all about... Uh, you know, just, just the mood around the team and everything. And I, I mean, he can't say enough good things about Kachuk. This Kachuk kid is just like a, oh. he's just like an energy magnet. People now want to come play for this team. And, uh, you know, he challenged. Wasn't that fun? I mean, that was a little bit of old school hockey there when he challenged the whole Detroit bench. And no one took him up on his offer, right? I mean, yeah. he's a 23-year-old kid. What's going to happen in three or four more years when this guy's 26, seven years old? It's going to be
4: spectacular. Yeah, Larkin gets a cheap shot on him, and then he uh, taunts him in the penalty box. Uh, he he drags them into the fight every night, and no, I'm I know.
1: And he smiles about it. He's one of those rare cats, you know, who he just loves it. So it's yeah, fantastic to have him on our side. So okay, bud, let's go to break, and uh, we'll come back, everybody, with Greg Chambers, the the guy in charge. We're at the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo at the EY Center, and uh, we're here till uh, well, you got two hours of us today. That should be fun. This is Tee It Up on TSN twelve hundred. I don't know about all of you, but I got my Springsteen tickets for Ottawa and Montreal. Wicked seats in both. Lower bowl. I'll be bruising. It'll be fantastic. Jake, you're coming with me. You know, as you many of you know, uh, my mother passed away a couple of weeks ago. It's been kind of a sad time. And t- this morning, I'll, we're, Lisa came in with me today, too, my wife Lisa. Jake's here, and we're kind of surrounding ourselves with people we love and like. And Anyway, I didn't even think of that when I'm coming here. I'm like, everyone, so sorry about your mom. So sorry about your mom. Which is kind of uh, not helping, I would say. Anyway, I had a weak moment.
2: It's incredibly sweet, and we appreciate it.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, But what isn't sweet is I had this weak moment. I've had many weak moments in the last couple of weeks. But when we saw Springsteen was coming right after my mom died, I said to my son, I said, Get the tickets. Doesn't matter what it costs. We're all going. (laughs) So we're in the lower bowl with the whole family. (laughs) So there we go. Uh, One quick prize uh, thing to do. So. As I said, we're just off the entrance here, uh, right by the beer garden. Look at the cute little girl throwing the little curling stone. That's so cool. Anyway, um, uh, you can come here and you can scan a QR code for ten half-hour passes at the Brent Franklin Superdome. Or a foursome at Equinel with Carts. They're a great sponsor of this show, and they won a couple of prizes. And Darren, as he always does, stepped right up and gave us a couple of prizes. So you just come and scan right here at the uh, TSN booth, and you got a chance. We're just going to draw for the prizes. Okay, the top dog is here. I better get to him because he's waiting, and he's like, this is a high-pressure guy. Greg Chambers, (laughs) Regional Director of Eastern Ontario for the NGCOA. Greg and I have done this a lot of years. Greg, I kind of missed you during COVID, right? We didn't do it for a couple of years, but you've been running this show for uh, a while now. I hear yesterday I got a quote from uh, Gavin Corbett from Titleist on the uh, driving range. It was a complete gong show yesterday, <laughs>
0: which we mean in a positive way. Yes, I, gong shows are good. That's good. We don't want quiet. Uh, Chuck
1: Woolery? Or was it wasn't Chuck Willary? What was the name of the host of the gong show? Do you remember i got yeah? no
2: chance on that one. You're well, looking at me. Chuck's,
1: <laughs> Chuck Berry. I don't know. Something like that. We'll look that one up because that's important. Anyway, never mind the gong show thought. Um, a lot of yes. people here yesterday. It was really popular and great, I hear.
0: It was. It was unbelievable. Um can't say enough about the people coming out. It's been two years. We did. The, you talked about that. Or during COVID, we did virtual, uh, which was needed. We needed to do something, and uh, the market wanted us. The next thing was we have to get back to in person. That was all the feedback. Uh, everybody wanted to get back and you know touch clubs and try stuff out and talk to the retailers and uh, sample beer in the Brewers Alley, uh, which was. Really weird that we were, it was busy 10 minutes after the show opened. So I think people went it's right not to the beers. Yeah. <laughs> that's not
1: weird at all. I
0: guess they just wanted to loosen up before they went shopping. So that's good. That's good. Everything was busy yesterday. And you talked about that quote. And I had one from uh, Carrie over at Red Rooster. And just the look on his eyes, and I, I, you okay? He's like, today was a blur. It was, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> just said, uh, we've never seen that many people, which was great. That's, you know what? The exhibitors were ecstatic. They were tired, but they were ecstatic.
1: You know, we've done the Orlando, I, I'm sure you've done it a bunch, the Orlando Golf Show. It's exhausting. You get to the end of a two days or three days, you're going to be tired, uh, pal. Tomorrow, Formula One, are you a Formula One fan?
0: Uh yes. Uh, since Netflix. You're not a
1: Verstappen, are you? If you're a Verstappen oh, no. fan, we're cutting the interviews. I, I am. So. I are love, you a Verstappen love, fan? Yeah. What a cheating weasel. I he love is. that attitude. Well, oh, you don't.
0: if you're God. not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> you're,
1: a you're a Patrick Reed. You're a Patrick Reed guy it. too? No,
0: no, not a Patrick Reed guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, what do you want to chat about today? What do you got going on for people? Why should they come?
0: <laughs> it sounds like a sales pitch. Um, well, there's lots to do. Like I said, we talked about the virtual, we needed to do it. Uh, the consumers wanted it, but at the end of every compliment was, we need to get back to in-person. So they're just ecstatic to be here. Uh, the feedback from the customers coming in, shaking hands and hugging people that we've never met before that just wanted to be here, yeah. which is great. Um, so number one, uh, things you can't do online, uh, the Canadian Performance Fitting Centre, uh, the demo range. So we have all the top manufacturers. You talked about government, Titleist and Callaway and TaylorMade, Cobra, Cleveland Strixon. They're all here. Um, definitely come out and try out the newest and latest uh, equipment. Uh, they have all the trackmans with them, give you all the feedback and all the uh, the stats. Uh, and the Canadian Golf Club is running that. Awesome. Lee and Danielle over at uh, awesome. Canadian. How many
1: spots have you got set up over there?
0: Oh, I think there's 12 of them all together. So, was there a
1: big line yesterday, or can people expect to get on right away, or is there a little bit of a wait? Or
0: well, with the demo range, yeah, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a line. So, get here early, get uh, get. get over there, get your spot. Um, but they filed through them pretty quick. It all the equipment, great.
1: The new Callaway Paradigm, I love the look of all the Titleist TSR stuff. I mean, the new Cobra stuff. It all looks great. I yeah. saw Keith coming in too, uh, who's the fellow. <laughs> With the Cleveland tricks on, he's yeah. carrying clubs under his arms in the snow, <laughs> getting out of his truck. I mean, pretty funny. But they're all here, they're all set up, and they've got the best stuff in golf, so that's good.
0: 100%. Um, $10,000 putting challenge by Ottawa Golf, uh, sponsored by Astoria and Red Rooster. Um, you got to try it. You get a free uh, putt when you come in uh, for passes to uh, green fees. Uh, I believe it's Pineview they're promoting right now. Yep. Um, but then you actually, there's a chance to buy in for the $10,000. Uh, and what? Say. how long's the putt? Uh, about 25 feet, 25 feet, uh, and you will hear, uh, they'll do a big announcement every hour, uh, they bring somebody up every hour to try for the $10,000 random draw. That's bra. fun. It is Anyone crazy. come close? Uh, we had somebody make two yesterday in a row. Uh, yeah. Last year we had three people make three.
1: For the so, 10000 bucks. For the 10000
0: bucks. So they've made that fourth one, they want to win $10,000. Oh,
1: so you got to make four putts for
0: $10,000. 4 putts for oh, 10000 here comes
1: the fine print. <laughs> comes, but 25 feet. And it? it's
0: straight. It's a straight putt, and uh, everybody's tried it, fooling around when we're setting it up. And we all made one, two, three in a row, kind of thing, just fooling around. So with
1: twenty-five it. feet is under ten percent, but it's not like 02 percent. Like no, you know, remember uh, when no, Jordan beats? Especially
2: if it's straight. If you hit four dead straight, pods, same putt. Yeah, you have a chance.
0: Hundred percent.
1: Very
2: cool. Okay, where's Very that? Cool. Where's that in here?
0: Uh, right by the demo range. Okay. Can't miss it because awesome. it's got the biggest lights. It's got the music. It's got fireworks, lights, it's, you cannot it's miss it. It's got fireworks. It's got fireworks. Super. That's yeah, a great you, idea. You cannot miss it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else you got? Uh, we have two giant retailers. That's probably, um, a lot of people jumped into that right away. Uh, they're both down from Southwest Ontario. Um, everything from last year's greatest deals, uh, lots of discounts. It's good. It's uh, it's somewhere to, uh, to shop before the season opens um can't forget about the local courses. Yep. Uh can't say enough about the support. Uh the courses that we got maybe compared to some other shows Toronto. Not going to talk about it. Yeah, I uh, think
1: uh and wasn't Edmonton put on hold for a year, Yes, right? they yeah. did.
0: They just canceled unfortunately, it's yeah. A
1: different time. I don't know what's going. On. You know, I think uh yeah, I don't know, Greg. I don't know why that's happening. I guess one of the reasons could be golf is so popular, certainly not because golf is not popular, right? No. Maybe the courses are so full that they feel that the they don't need to do the show for a year or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, there's, there's a lot storm. of great ones here.
0: Perfect storm is that uh, golf courses are doing well, and they're busy. Um, but I love that our local co- courses supported the event, and they're the ones pushing back to, to get back to it in person. And without them, I mean, we could have lots of exhibitors in here, but if you don't have the golf courses, it's... You know, it's an
1: interesting time. I almost feel guilty sometimes. Golf's done so well with COVID. You know, COVID was a worldwide tragedy, but it's been really good for our game. It's kind of a funny emotion, right?
0: Don't feel guilty. We're uh, opening eyes to a great adventure outside, Uh, fresh air, exercise. (laughs) Love it, Greg.
1: Love it. You're right. I'm just saying it's hard to like when you're sitting with someone, you go, boy, we had a big year last year. We did really well. You know, it's kind of a funny thing. But anyway, uh, you're right. There's so many great things about golf that uh, we were allowed to do it through COVID. And it did open eyes. We we could not get for a couple of years, like even little beginner box sets and stuff. You couldn't find them anywhere, yep. right? People were going on the internet trying to buy anything anywhere, getting into the game.
0: So, 100%. There was, I think at one point last year, it was an eight to nine week delay, I believe, for new clubs or new sets. Um, all the manufacturers, I think, are caught up. Uh, that was the feedback we were getting. That, yeah, and by uh, the way, close. Good, good
1: on all the uh, consumers because they bought them anyway. You know, they just yeah. they knew they had to wait. They kind of understood the situation. And, uh, you know, that could have been a devastating thing. If a supply chain just explodes, you, you might think, well, there goes the industry. But the opposite happened. People just bought them anyway and were patiently waiting. So mm-hmm. anyway. What else you got? That's it? Are you no. out of bullet points oh, there? i got bullet that's, that's a lot of stuff. How about we just talk, Greg?
0: Let me fire, the qu- <laughs> fire the questions at me. Fire the questions at me.
1: Okay, how hard do you have to work at this thing? When do you start organizing the show?
0: Uh, well, uh, I usually start about June, July. Yep. Uh, I'm actually going to start uh, next week for next year. Uh, the feedback and the, uh, the people that aren't here have already reached out, which is great. I've, ne- I've never had that before. Uh, people that aren't exhibiting this year have reached out through email saying, uh, we've already got some feedback, we need to be there next year. Hmm. So bigger and better next year. So I'm excited.
1: And are a lot of the local uh, golf courses selling green fees and things discounted, like early season grabbers, or are they yep. just here giving information? What's your What's your sense of the show?
0: No, every uh, that's kind of how it changed over the years or progressed, is that everybody's selling something. It's not just, hey, here's a, our business card, come see us sometime. They're actually putting their best foot forward, so uh, probably less discounts than in the past when they weren't as busy, uh, but you're going to get your best deal before the season opens. That's what we always say. It may not be as deep a discount as it was five, six years ago, uh, but their lowest price for the year uh, before the season opens is where you're going to get it this year. What else do you do? In general, like outside, like at the show or in general? No, no, Uh,
1: your job. I mean, you're the regional (laughs) director, so you've got this show. What else do you do?
0: Uh, So this is probably six to eight months of the year. Uh, But my main role as regional director for the NGCA Eastern Ontario, and Udaway is take care of the members, so the member golf courses. Absolutely love it. I love dealing with all the owners and operators and having those conversations and staffing issues and... payroll, all the kind of stuff that you uh, deal with. I
4: actually
1: want to give you a massive compliment because Uh you guys, Uh no, you guys were (laughs) great through COVID. I mean, You know, lobbying for the golf industry and getting the word out and fighting for the courses and all that. The NGCOA really stepped up, and you in particular, I know we called you a few times. I don't know. My wife was driving you crazy. I think Lisa was driving you crazy with uh, some questions and things, but, you know, you were awesome through the whole thing. So I personally (laughs) want to really thank you. Nothing to do with this show, but... That's uh, all right. He, the NGCOA really did his job during COVID.
0: I appreciate it. I uh, still a PGA member. Um, I'm not
1: giving you like free practice or anything. <laughs> so like, I'm just saying I appreciate it. That's all. I
0: appreciate it, but you're still paying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love the job and I love working with of uh, uh, the owners and operators. So if Lisa called me every day, I I love that. Absolutely love it. Um, you're dealing. You're helping their businesses, and you get the personal stories. Uh, this is their career. Um, the owners and the operators so it's happy to help out any questions uh it was a lot of work i was just talking to dean about uh, covid it was uh you know there was 14 hour days working with the government and it was an eye-opener yeah. working with the government and how that worked um yeah it was i absolutely love it it's uh the members are our main focus, and again, the support that they give us, uh, I can't talk enough of. And, and Lisa, don't let Kevin hack you can call me yeah, anytime. Yeah, Lisa,
1: what were the questions we were asking? Lisa doesn't have a mic on. But no,
0: it was the difference between ranges and golf courses, because the government... Oh, the
1: openability and yes, everything. I do remember that the now. Government, it was
0: pretty confusing, right? Well, we learned quickly, or I learned quickly, uh, maybe being naive, is that the government doesn't make it exactly 100% clear so that they can backtrack if needed or, or sway the pendulum kind of thing. Really, huh? So, yeah, so we had to, they leave it up to you to read through the, the gray area. So, um, if we weren't sure, you know what? We said, go for it and give them our number. I think that's when you guys opened. I'm like, you know what? This is what our lawyers say. This is what the lobbyists say. Uh, here's my personal cell number. Call me if somebody gives Isn't you a hard time. interesting, chime. Greg? <laughs> so,
1: it, it was, a and, and thank you for that. What, was it a... Do you think that's government in general? Is your belief after being through the whole process? That's what it is. There's always some gray area. 100%. They, 100% really, 100%, huh? that's yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. Uh, so they're kind of covered, right? They are. They And are, then and they, they have they, time to make it a d- decision. If they have to decide
2: and do something, they got a little time to do it. Right? You would yeah. also say, right, it makes sense from their perspective a little bit. If they're not experts in our field, it is 100%. easier for them to yeah. leave the room for us to be able to control ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think it makes sense. But it does make you know a, an unexpected situation like COVID things tougher. Yeah,
0: right? and, and I, I can't say enough about the government, the provincial government, uh, reaching out to us. Uh, You know, we we had sent off some emails and and reached out through lobbyists and they they came right to us uh, anyways and said, Hey, we need some help with this. Uh, You're going to have to walk us through all the ins and outs, what you can do uh, to make it safe. And we were literally the first people to open, which is great. We talked about, you know, uh, the space out on the golf course, uh, the fresh air, you know, how it won't be transmitted. What we're going to do, we're going to shut down the pro shops and the food and beverage. Uh, but we need to get people out in the golf course. So. Yeah, our
1: community did really well. I hope we get back to this year. Uh, last question for you yeah, is for prediction sure. for this year. I hope we get back to a lot more charity events and things again. Th- this, that was decimated. I mean, our, yeah. our our industry, the golf industry from the PGA Tour all the way down, you know, is about raising charitable dollars. That's the mm-hmm. entire model of the golf industry. And, you know, we had to clip back on so many events. A lot of people try to do virtual, but it's not the same thing. Not the so. same the, I, I think we're good now. I think even last year, you know, in the spring, there was kind of some hesitancy. I think, I think we're back on footing now, and we can get going with that. What's your prediction for this year as far as growth, or what do the numbers say in the CJGA?
0: I think we're looking at probably the same as last year. Um, so it dipped a little bit uh, once everything else started to open up, so 2022. Um, now, courses still did well. Um, they can't complain about how busy they were. Uh, but there was some gaps starting to open up on a T-sheet, uh, not as much as before COVID, um, but I think we're going to get back to that stage. I think um, I always give the, cr- the credit to the operators and owners is that they, they've they learned from the Tiger era when it dipped back in 2008 kind of thing. They're smarter than they uh, they were back then, and they're, they're still marketing. Uh, they're still pushing golf. They're not sitting back on their laurels. And we had a couple of good years, so we're not going to do anything. So. Yeah,
1: we got the bit of inflation thing. The other neat thing about Ottawa when you talk golf course, there's very little big corporate golf. There's a lot of families who own golf courses, mm-hmm. and they're in the trenches breathing it yeah. and eating it every day, and they kind of know what's going on, right? So yeah, uh, they're hands-on. Yeah, very much so. How many uh, owners do you deal with around here?
0: Uh, so we have about 120 members from here uh, in my chapter, uh, pretty much from Castleview all the way out to Black Bear Ridge, all the way up to Adawise, Cascade, and then down in the Cornwall area.
1: So that kind of
0: in the Ottawa Valley. Well, let's get
1: back at it. Really good job here. It looks great in here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Lots to do. That's our big thing for us. It's not nobody wants to just walk around and see a bunch of booths. There's tons of stuff to do.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the ski jackets and coupons. You know, where people just go nope. around, and we don't want that. We want
0: neither are the owners. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just
1: saying in general. I think you know, you want you want some real meat on the bone when you when you pay to get in, but also when you're when you're one of the uh, companies trying to show your wares and everything. Right, you don't want it just to be about five dollar coupons. And
0: no, it was great. It was. Uh, I helped out at the front to uh, get through that first little clog. It was so busy. And gong show. Gong show. And on the way out, uh, about 20 minutes into the show, people were leaving with big bags. And asking for tickets to get back in. They had to get rid of all the stuff they had bought wow. to get back into the show afterwards. They just wanted to drop it off and go try all the features. By the way, so.
1: Dean being a crack-op that he is here, it's <laughs>
0: Chuck Barris. Oh, Chuck Barris.
1: And you can use that. I wouldn't even want any kind of a <laughs> you can say like the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. It's a gong show. You know, that could be good for next year. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, we'll, Greg. We'll take
0: that off the marketing team.
1: Gre- <laughs> Please, yeah, and yeah, give me a call if you need more ideas. Uh, Greg Chambers, the uh, regional director of the NGCOA, the top dog here uh thanks for your time pal
0: anytime we'll anytime. expose
1: you here and uh, uh bring a bunch of guests on to do some stuff for you today so thank you so much for having us and let's have a great golf season okay uh cam we're gonna go to break now i don't know how what that clock says but we're probably a few minutes late if you know me but let's go to break jake you didn't even keep us late there you barely said anything it's
2: <laughs> eh? just shocking yeah sure <laughs> no no
1: well you're bringing it next segment <laughs> let's get the uh, yardage gaps and everything next segment that's, that's your deal bring up all your stats and everything Okay.
2: I've got it already.
1: Just tee it up on TSN 1200. We're going to Springsteen. We're going to Springsteen. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Ready to go, Cam. Sorry about that last segment, Cam. A little off the clock there. So we'll go to, uh, let's go right to the top, Cam, and then we'll double up ads at the top. Okay, pal? Uh, Whatever you want. I know. You're just looking up hockey stuff. Did you buy some little pom-poms or like thunder sticks or anything for tonight, Cam?
4: No, I'm excited to wear my Chris Neal hat, though that JR hooked me up with. Nice, nice. Yeah. Do you
1: have a uh, a jersey at all?
4: A I, sweater, a jersey? I do, but they're all they're all at my mom's, and I don't think I can make it out there in time. And Are I don't, they ha- old I don't have a current one. Yeah, they're they're not the they're not the new ones. they we've the, got, the ones with the O.
1: Yeah, Lisa, oh, old school. You want to hear old school? Lisa's got Volchenkov, My wife, Lisa, Nice. and uh, I've got Mike Fisher. So those are our two jerseys from years ago. But we may get back on the fan train here, right? Not that we're uh, you think we're fair weather fans? It has no, been No, I
2: don't think it's fair. It has
1: been tough though, Cam, hasn't it since 2017 to go out and buy jerseys? I mean, yeah. it hasn't been that exciting. So we're getting there now.
4: Good reason now though, and I hear they already have heat pressed chicken jerseys ready to go in the send store, so.
1: Love it. And whose jersey would
4: you buy if you bought one? Or if you scammed one off JR? Oh, it's got to be Kachuk, right? We were just talking about him, and uh, I mean, he's... Uh, you can't ask for a better captain, and he's locked up long-term, so I think yeah, him, Stutzla too, though. Stutzla, I love yeah.
1: Stutzla these days. Holy jeez. And Giroux for us old guys, you know.
4: 100% local boy.
1: Yeah. He's been incredible this year. My God. It goes to show you a little bit of grit and experience, what it can do to a team, right? So, super good. Okay, we got to get to our tip. You play double odds at the top of the air. Okay, Jake, let's get to what we're talking about. So, it, it's... We got it. Well, you explain it. You haven't said anything on the show today. I'm getting paid by the word, and you haven't said anything. So, uh, am I
2: getting paid by the word too? Because then I'm in trouble. Well, you're getting Springsteen tickets. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> who cares? Then.
1: Okay, so uh, talk about what the tip is today
2: with the yardage gaps. The yeah. So it, it's building a little off the conversation, like you said, we had a few weeks ago, which is essentially as the technology and the irons is changing, we're coming up on a bit of a problem with a lot of the irons going farther and being almost easier to hit. Uh, The basic logic, everybody, just to recap, is when you have a game improvement iron where they're able to distribute the weight around the edges of the head, you get some major benefits out of that. It's easier to hit the ball up in the air. It is less damaging when you hit off-center. Uh, they're able to put different polymers and materials inside the head to both further those effects and make them sound and feel better. And that even lets them make the faces a little jumpy, which helps you hit it further. Yeah, you're literally getting trampoline effect off an iron a lot of times now. While it's a consistent trampoline effect, maybe on like a driver. All those are great. But one of the things that happens when you add all this technology is the ball does jump higher up in the air. So both to help you hit it further and to counteract that effect, the game improvement irons have progressively gotten more de-lofted over time. Um, yes, there's a marketing element of if you hit the ball farther, it's going to help. But it's also a technological benefit. The problem is now when you start making the 7-iron more aggressive, let's say it's now down... to de de-lofting, delofting, down to anywhere between a 28 to a 30-degree loft iron, you have to scale the rest of the set to that. So all of a sudden, we're looking at a situation where the pitching wedge that used to be 48 degrees on average... On many clubs, it's as low as 43, 42, 41 degrees of loft. Now, most of the club companies, they have adjusted somewhat. So if the seven iron's 29 degrees, it's not four degrees of loft in between the shorter irons. So the pitching wedge is still going to be about 43. But all of a sudden, you start looking at that 43-degree loft compared to your sand wedge, which is 56 or 54 degrees of loft, and we start to see a major problem.
1: Yeah, you've got, uh, usually golfers, you've got three or four degrees between irons. So there might be four degrees of loft between an eight and a nine iron, four degrees of loft between a nine iron and a wedge. And then you're looking from 41 to 56, you're looking 15 degrees of loft. So it's a little
2: silly. Uh, totally. And, and the so clubs, we have gap wedges, right? The introduction of the gap wedge has you know been around for a while now. The idea of that is they give you another club, quite frequently built like the sand wedge, so it's still a multi-purpose tool around the greens, that helps bridge that gap in distance from the 56-degree sand wedge to potentially the as low as 41-degree pitching wedge, but most of them are a little higher than that. The thing we're starting to run into that is an interesting question to ask yourself is, number one, that that gap is getting bigger and bigger. So even having a 52 or a 50 50-degree gap You're still down wedge, to
1: 41 to 52. You're still 11 degrees.
2: They're still not going to gap... That consistently on the golf. So course. the first lesson
1: I think for people is stop going out and buying a 52, a 56, and a 60. You've got to stop looking at it that way, unless you have got room in your set for another one, which is a 47
2: or something. But. Or when you, you go have to buy more your wedges, traditionally lofted You've loft really irons.
1: got to fill these gaps
2: up, right? Agreed. Or if you have more traditionally lofted irons, you might still want to have that. Relationship. Yeah, so you have to know the loft of your pitching wedge and your nine iron. Which is, I guess, tip number one. Right? Look, if you once you buy golf clubs or if you get fitted for golf clubs, it is definitely worthwhile to either talk to somebody about the right solution to this problem is, or look up what your clubs are after you've bought your irons. Bought? Mm. Bought your irons. You're right. Boughten.
1: That's your kid. You hear that, Lisa? Bought in your iron. Man,
2: I wish I could do that to you every time you slip up. Yeah, maybe. The, <laughs> the uh, But you can't. I, I, oh, I know. <laughs> but you, if you look them up after, you have a better reference point when you're making the decision on your wedges. The other thing that's starting to happen, though, that is another interesting question. Is as the clubs have gotten more game improvement based, easier to hit, jumpier, the irons are... The lower irons, the 9-iron, the pitching wedge, are also built like that to make sure that the distance gapping is consistent relative to that new jumpy 7-iron. If you go to something from, let's say, a T300 or T400 iron and then you're from Titleist, and then you're looking to get Vokey wedges, that technology is not there in the gap wedge. It is a more precise club to make it easier to control distance. Uh, you know, to a there's smaller. Cer- well, degree. there's certainly
1: no trampoline effect. There's no big tungsten factor, so they're very jumpy, right? You're just they're just not designed to do that. They're they're, uh, voki wedges, and and most of the around the green wedges are designed to slide through the grass properly. They're a little, maybe a little heavier. They're more precise instruments to hit little shots with. They're not well, really designed to jump the ball. No,
2: and, and you you know you want very consistent spin and very consistent and precise distance control off these clubs. So they're just they're built for another job. Yeah. What that means though is if you have let's say a forty-three degree pitching wedge and a fifty-four degree sand wedge, and your solution is to buy a forty-eight degree gap wedge, which I think a lot of people listening to this will go, man, that that's very aggressive. Yeah. On a gap wedge. If you buy a more tour style wedge, which I think a lot of people should have, it still might not gap perfectly to your pitching wedge. So the reality we're starting to face to is you're going to have a gap somewhere in your set now. So I had a guy two years ago, a good
1: player I've known for 40 years, single digit, and he bought Ping G700s and G500s. So the 700s were really game improvement oversize and the 500s still had some game improvement but much smaller. And he did a split set, a hybrid set. So he did the more forgiving in the four, five, six iron and then the less forgiving in the 7 eight, 9 The gap between his 6-iron and 7-iron was 22 yards. So you've got to be careful even when you do that. When you blend your set, whether it's at the gap wedge and the sand wedge or whether it's wherever you change the technology, you've got to understand there's going to be a, an effect on, on how that ball leaves the club face, how much ball speed. And I'd even argue at a very high level, even the shaft you put in the clubs because one, totally of, one of the designs might need a lower kick shaft and the other design needs a little higher kick shaft, you know? So it the days of buying the four to gap wedge off the rack or the three to pitching wedge or whatever it is off the rack, it's getting harder and harder as these iron designers are designing these catapult irons that are magnificent, but they really make you have to be careful. If you want to be a good golfer, you have to cover off your yardages, especially the irony of this is 60% of golf is less than a full swing. All those shots around the green are so important. And when I say even around the green, I'm backing you up to 120 yards. And if you've only got one wedge that, you know, if your pitching wedge starts going 135 where it used to go 120 with the new technology, you've got to fill those gaps up so you can hit all those shots up near those par 4 and par 5 greens, right? And if you don't, I mean, I almost think you got to go into any purchase, and say, I think I'm going to start at a five iron. I might even just start at a six iron and have four different lofted wedges. Like, it's a more complicated thing now.
2: I, I think you just, we have to change our relationship with how we call it. The fact that the pitching wedge and the set is still called a pitching wedge is actually starting to get ridiculous. It's a ten iron, if you think about it, or
1: it's it. a 43 degree club.
2: Sure, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think the companies are ever going to fully commit to just putting the loss on the irons because I think, you know, I wish they would. I I do, too. I think it would be functionally better, but I think people like the ease of the numbered system, so the companies are scared to take that jump. That said, you know, your your pitching wedge, everybody, is essentially your 10-iron. So the question is, after your 10-iron, what are you doing from there? And, you know, to that end, you know, if it makes sense what we're saying, we're basically saying three things. Number one, you're probably going to have gaps somewhere in in this part of the set either between the pitching wedge and the gap wedge or the gap wedge and the sand wedge, there's just going to be a distance gap that you need to learn how to deal with on the golf course, which, by the way, means you've got to practice those partial shots.
1: Yeah, I would argue to people I would rather there's a gap at the other end, like somewhere around the 210 range or whatever. Like, I would rather you pay attention closer to the green because those are your scoring shots. So this idea that, like, if you go to Ping's website, the G430s, which are awesome clubs, we've been... You know, fitting with them for a few weeks now. But the pitching wedge is 41 degrees. And then they've got, what, a 45, 50, 55. Like, you've just got to get out of your mind, like, I'm going to buy my set of clubs, then buy a couple of wedges. Agreed. And uh, don't forget, everyone, a hybrid costs almost twice as much as your wedge. You could buy two wedges or one hybrid and fill two gaps instead of one gap. So you've got to really l- start looking at this differently, right? Yeah, I think, I think... And we do as fitters, too, Jake. It's going to be weird for me to say, well, I've got you in a pitching wedge at 42, so I want you to get a 46, a 53, and a 58, you know, and, and gap it out that way, right, depending on how many clubs they can have in their set. So we've got to do our job, too, as fitters and pros to make sure those flight gaps... So you've got the yardages on the club, or the, I'm sorry, the lofts on the clubs, but you've also got the trampoline effect to deal with. So you might want a smaller gap in between, you know, the Vokey gap wedge and the T300 pitching wedge, right? So we just got to gotta do our homework. It's, it's a new world kind of with technology.
2: Well, and I think, I, I think that leads into the other big takeaway from this, which is when you go into a for a fitting or when you're looking to buy new clubs, you need to ask yourself what you want out of that gap wedge. Uh, if you're looking for more precise distance control, and use around the green... It should match your iron set. No, I'm saying... no, no. Oh, I'm you're saying, going the other way. Yes, I'm okay. saying if you want more precise distance control, and you want the ability to control the spin, and you want to be able to play different shots around the green, you're probably going to match that gap wedge to your Got wedges. Yeah, dead on. But you have to understand that that might come at a cost to the distance that it hits on a full swing. There might be a bigger gap between that pitching wedge and that gap wedge. If you're only worried about distance gapping then you're probably going to want something that is matching your iron set, but the utility around the green might be slightly diminished. So if you understand that going in, you can make a decision on what's important to you. I think typically we say that better players will go more for the first option, which is I want the utility. I'm willing to learn how to hit a more partial pitching wedge to cover that distance gap. Yep. yep. And someone who needs a little more help on a full swing might go a little more for that forgiveness and that gapping in the gap wedge. Because especially as you say, as the clubs are going longer... You need a club that goes 120, 125 for a lot of people. The last last problem we've got, and we've got one minute, so I'm just going to do it quickly,
1: but when chipping. I mean, if you are used to chipping with a pitching wedge and it goes in the air and rolls a certain amount when you chip with it, and now you buy a set where the, the pitching wedge is five degrees stronger, it's going to roll way more when it lands. So you've also got to pay attention on your short game. Even chipping the club. We used to have this system. We still have this system. But I don't know if we can use it anymore, Jake, where if you want one-part flight, three-parts roll, you use a nine-iron. One-part flight to two-parts roll, you use a pitching wedge. One-to-one one is a sandwich. But the pitching wedge might roll out one-to-two now. Like, we may have to—or one-to-three. Yeah, or one to three, yeah like.
2: I mean, one thing I would say to everybody as you know, people potentially are looking at their clubs and getting freaked out. This is not true for everybody. Like, I, I don't want this to sound like this is an issue all across the board. This is a certain category of iron that yeah. is becoming more common but is a factor. Yeah, just go online and make sure you know the loft. one so 100%. If you have a more traditionally lofted club, especially what you're talking about, which is very true, is a little diminished. But you don't know that unless you, A, research what you have, and B, practice. That's the thing that we've got to come back to. You've got to figure out what clubs fit your needs, do a little bit of looking there, and then practice to figure out how am I can, going to control these distance gap issues, how am I going to use them around the green. But it's something that I don't think enough people pay attention to, and you've got you to do that this year.
1: Okay, we're going to go to break here in a second. I want to remind everybody we're live on location today at the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. We're right near the entrance, and we're right between the, uh, what do they call it, Brewer's Alley. And the entranceway. So you can't miss us. Uh, We're doing a scan to win little contest here. Our good friends at uh, Equinel Golf Club, my favorite public course in the city. Uh, A foursome with carts at Equinel, you can win just by scanning. Or 10 half hour passes at the Ben Franklin Superdome, which uh, both both facilities are run by our great friends at TMSI, Darren McCorston and his team at TMSI. So they've donated a couple of awesome prizes. Come on over, scan your badge. Or scan, or how do you do it?
2: Scan the QR code at our booth.
1: Yeah, do that. B- minus or B-plus on the segment. That was pretty good. You got okay. You lost me a couple of times, but it was pretty good. B-plus.
2: I'm assuming the listeners are paying attention to me more than you do, so it, it should have been okay. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs>
1: okay, Jake and I'll be back with lots more. Andy Rahathi who's running the uh, Canadian tour event at Eagle Creek in June. Will be here in July. In July, that's when it is, right, Andy? It's in July, and then he's running the Ottawa Sun Scramble. He may not make it through the year. I've decided he may not make it. If you see a man crying in the corner in a fetal position in September this year, it might be Andy. Anyway, we'll uh, find out all about the Canadian uh, or PGA Tour Canada event coming to Eagle Creek in July. Stay with us, everybody. We got another hour of uh, golf show here live from the. Ottawa Got Golf Expo. I'm Kevin. Jake's here. This is Tee It Up on TSN 1200. Gavin, we're on the radio. This is serious business. Gavin, you want to come on later? Yeah, you want to come on later? Bottom of the hour. Yeah, no, you're coming on. Yeah. Gavin from Titleist wandering by. Uh, okay, so, Jake, there's another thing that happened before you were born. Bruce Springsteen, glory days, 1984. That Don't is true. Don't you kind of feel out of it today? Like, all this stuff happened. The Gamma 7-iron at Bay Hill. Uh, this great song. Yeah, you're right. I'm the one who's out of it. Don't ever host a radio show with your son, Andy. It's not a good idea at all. They're kind of snippy, you know, and they're not scaredy, so they just say stuff. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Tee It Up here at the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo on TSN 1200. Don't forget to drop by our booth for a scan to win. How's that? Perfect. Yeah, a nice, clean way to say it. Scando in. We've got a couple of great TMSI prizes. We've got a foursome with cards at Equinel, Andy Rahathy's favorite club. He won't say it publicly, but I think it's his favorite club. And uh, I get Andy in trouble here with no, all great. his, all his partners. Yeah. And uh, Or a 10 half hours at the uh, Superdome event, Franklin Park. Andy Rahathy, uh, the man, the myth, the legend behind Club EG here in town. I've traveled with Andy many times to... Really great spots like Ireland and Scotland and St. Andrews and some incredible stuff, Andy. And
5: here we go. Pretty good show, huh? Welcome to the show, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great show so far. Um, We have a couple booths set up over there. And uh, yesterday was buzzing. So uh, a lot of golfers coming out. There's excitement in the air. Um, So, yeah, hopefully it leads into a great season. I think it's going to. I think we're ready. You're going to be busy. I'll be busy. We're events, more events, leagues, events. And then we took on... Another new big event. That so, is a um, big
1: event. How did uh, that happen? You're running, so the uh, PGA Tour Canada is coming to town. When was it here last in Ottawa at, at, at uh, Highlands,
5: right? Yeah, so it was, it was here for four years at Highlands from 2014 to 2017. Um, and then it wasn't, obviously. And they approached us as an events-based company, just seeing if we were interested in running it. took a couple months to decide. It's a big event. It takes right, a lot a of big resources. Event, yeah. Um, but it it really jived with a lot of the things we were doing already. Um and you know, at the core we're interested in getting golfers excited to golf. So anything that's exciting in the golf market we like to get our hands on or get involved with or support. So along came this event and we decided to take it on. There is a title sponsor already involved, the Commissionaires, uh an amazing charity, Soldier On. Um and so uh, the golf course is Eagle Creek. They were already ready to go, and they just need somebody to run it. So here we are. We're running it, trying to uh, make sure all these stakeholders are happy, and uh, you know, just we're going to get as many people out there as we can—volunteers, sponsors, etc. I was just talking in the
1: last hour that we got to get back to charity. I love the way you lead with charity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Soldier On is your charitable cause, and uh, yeah, well, raise it's an, an easy sell, dollars.
5: quite frankly. Anytime we're talking about the event, whether it is a sponsor, or volunteer, everything funnels down to that bottom line, which. Uh, is in support of Soldier On. So Soldier On's um, uh, a program that supports ill and uh, injured veterans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what could be better right now? Yeah, I so, know in the
1: U.S. they've got the Patriot Fund, right, mm-hmm. a very similar cause, mm-hmm. and it's super important. Yeah. No kidding. Top of mind, unfortunately, all too often, right? But, Absolutely. But a great cause. Like, actually, you know, you talk to everyone running all kinds of events in auto, whether kids' charities or... Mm-hmm. Whatever there's, every charity is a great one, and that's that's certainly real. And good golf's one.
5: such a good driver to support these charities, right? There's just a it lot of great isn't. events and so many neat things you can do in and around golf tournaments to raise funds for charity. So it is always a book. So how back. do
1: I? Uh, what do I want to know? I want to know the dates, and then I want to know what tickets cost, and how that works, and uh, what's happening. So let's chat about just the who, what, one, where, why quickly. How do we get more info
5: on the event? Sure, so the URL is OttawaOpen.golf, um, Eagle Creek, July 17th to 23rd. Um, now, we talked about the event that was at Highlands. That was PGA Tour Canada event. Before the PGA Tour Canada was the Canadian Tour. Yep. Separate entities, but essentially yeah. the same thing. And uh, they had an event at Eagle Creek way back. I'm not sure I'd know the years. You might know the years. But Yeah, uh, I don't know. I played uh, in it every time. Yeah. My brother
1: ran it. Yeah. So. Oh, there yeah. you go.
5: Yeah. Um, so it's an amazing venue, as you know, for a tournament like this. Um, again, the angles are you can come out and watch. Tickets are $15 per day. There's, it's your typical PGA Tour event where it's Thursday to Sunday. You can park on site for $10 or we're uh, renting out the lot at the West Carlton, which is four minutes away from yep. the course. The you can school. park for free yep. there and we'll shuttle you over. Great. Um, there's Pro-Am opportunities. That's kind of the marquee portion of the events where uh, you know, a foursome gets to play with a member of the PGA Tour Canada. So that's sort of an invaluable experience. Um, and then that's a great way to support the charity as well. So that's a day where four golfers are completely pampered, food, beverages all included. They've actually switched this Pro-Am model. used to have one Pro for 18 holes. Now we do two pros you get one for the your front nine and one for the back nine so they work as a team in their pro-am format but it gives you an opportunity just in case you get somebody that uh yeah, you a know, little standoff-ish run, or, or runs out of their story so now you get two different perspectives yeah. so it's really neat i'm excited about that they're
1: normally great those young players are normally great you know and uh, they are it's yeah. neat to know them and the other really cool thing about connecting like i met Aaron oberholzer back in the 90s mm-hmm. You know, at the Eagle Creek Classic, we played a practice round together, and you stay connected, and I still, you know, interact with the guy. Now he's Golf Channel. He won yeah. He won the Pebble Beach event one year. I mean, it's kind of neat. You can meet these people when they just start. Stricker got to start Correct. on the Canadian Tour, too, our yeah. pal. And uh, then you can follow their careers and, mm-hmm. and meet up with them at
5: different points. It's kind of a fun thing to be involved with. It really is. Yeah, it's it's an inside-the-ropes experience with, with the PGA Tour Canada. You're so close to these players that are going to be great. I mean the top finishers at the end of the season for the Fortnite cup they will be on the pga tour so yeah. you know tony finau cory connors they're the latest and greatest and uh, and so yeah to get that experience now before they make their name is cool because they they will remember and cling on to their experiences on the pga tour canada it's a very different world once you're on the pga tour so so i've learned is you know you become your own independent guy where here you're a group of you know, up and comers. So you need to rely on each other. You need to rely on the volunteers a bit more in the pro am experience. So, really neat. Okay, Let, let's talk about something important now. Claude Giroux. Yes, you're really close with Claude, right? What, what's <laughs> the
1: relationship now?
5: Uh, well, so he just, uh, so the, the owner of Club EG, Jamie Ryan, is his, is his, uh, his wife's uncle. So he came in and he was a big golfer. So he and I hit it off in uh, about 2012 and just became friends. Uh, was in his wedding party. Um, was super excited when he landed in Ottawa. But we golf together every summer and we're kinda of golf buddies going on some golf trips as well. And he, he loves absolutely golf, huh? lighting up the NHL right now. He is. I, I got like how good is that? Yeah, he really is. I
1: mean it's unbelievable to see when a person is that competitive and the example
2: it sets just by doing, right? It's like Tiger just
1: yeah, sorry. Jake has something to say. Well I it's
5: incredible. It.
2: it's incredibly neat for us too because he also is from Ottawa, right? Yeah. When you get someone I mean these stories are great regardless when a guy this nice and this talented of hockey is excelling. Is he
1: that nice?
5: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and he's, he's not, not, not going to say no. No, know he's an incredibly nice guy. But,
2: you know, it, it's nice when he's also from your town. He's able to come here and have this kind of, par- I mean, unbelievable hockey year, right? Yeah. It, it's a very cool thing for all us to experience. And, I mean, it's actually cool for you considering how oh, much Oh, it must be up,
1: amazing right? for you to... I'm sure he gets you tickets and stuff, and you go out after the game, and it must be really neat to be inside that whole aura right now. The energy is so fantastic. Do you you mooch off him a lot? No,
5: he mooches off me more than I mooch off him. Really? Yeah. Come on. What, (laughs) are you trying to get green feet passes and stuff? Yeah, golf and equipment and stuff. But, no, he's (laughs) he's more than generous with everything, so... uh, you know, relatively speaking, it's equal in terms of us, but the value he gives me is a, <laughs> a bit higher for sure. What would you say is, uh, we'll get back to your yeah. little
1: company in a minute, but yeah. what would you say is the secret to his success? I mean, what, is, is super competitive or super no, gritty ethic, or what is If it? you
5: ask any NHL player who knows him, any NHL coach, any scout, they will say, you know, he is... Always in the top five to ten NHL players who work out the most, work on their game the most. Like, he is number one in the league. People, I don't know if many people, they do talk about it, uh, the hockey guys on TSN 1200 here a lot, but his work ethic is uh, top ten in the NHL. How would yours year. compare to him? Is this why you've added the PGA Tour Canada event? Because you want to compete with him? Like, how's your work ethic compared to clothes <laughs> No, it's not there, but... Um, <laughs> You know, he, he does inspire me, too, and I don't think I'd be where I'm at with, you know, Isn't us that in the cool? golf world so if cool. I didn't see that. No, it's even you. Like, your work ethic is incredible, too. You you surround people with that, that and it naturally rubs you off.
2: You? you didn't have to tell me that. It's okay. You know, I mean. No, I,
5: I, I think.
1: Yeah, people lead by example, right? For sure. Don't tell me what you're going to do, just go do it. I right?
2: do think it's very telling though, you know, as we're talking about a lot of these young players coming up in the PGA Tour Canada, I think everyone understands how hard they work because they're mm. they're going mm. for their dream. I think it's very telling. It's very common when you talk about guys like Claude or some of the top tour players, how they're also immeasurably talented, but the hardest workers as well. And I think people yeah. don't always realize yeah. that some of these players that make it look easy, it's because of the work they put mm-hmm. through. Google.
5: Well, they th- everybody thinks they have it so great because they make millions of dollars. Well, they work more hours than almost anybody that I know. Like, he is it, working 12 to 13 hours a day on his game. It's one of the right? things about sports, right? Here. If you don't
2: win, you don't succeed. There's no... Shortcut, you put in the working. But never. the neat
5: thing never.
1: is, when it's so embedded into your DNA, like with Claude and Tiger, that you do it even though you've already got the money and the success, right? Like, mm-hmm. he still wants a Stanley Cup. I mean, there's ambition Big there. Ten. But do you hear Tiger after Riviera? He was, he, they said, what do you do at night? He goes, I, I, I ice my leg, and then they massage it, and then I ice it again. We, we pretty much do that all night, he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's got $2 billion. Yeah. He could take his private jet to Monaco tomorrow yeah. with... Uh, do whatever he wants over there, you know, and yeah. instead he's icing his leg over and over. Yeah. I mean, it's it's stunning. Okay, uh, Club EG. Let's talk about Club EG. How are sign-ups? What do you think our year is going to be like here in Ottawa this year?
5: Yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. Um, chatting with all the golf courses, everybody seems to be on the same page, and everybody seems ready for... For, for golfers, with um, you know, if you look at our schedule, there's something every month. So we're going to be at we have over 35 golfing days where we'll have an event with over 100 people essentially. Plus then 13 leagues that operate. You know, we have about four to six league events per day <laughs> throughout the season. So um, as long as we're all set up to go, the schedule is ready. The golfers have lots of options through us. But again. You know, all the golf courses have their own men's leagues, ladies' leagues. So I encourage golfers, if you're not in a, any type of routine, to to sign up, get involved. You know, don't don't leave it to the last minute to book golf. If, if, and it, one thing that COVID's shown is you need to get golf. Uh, organized. Book, book your golf yeah, early. You get organized, organized. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so where
1: do they go? What's the website for the Club EG?
5: Yeah, so Club EG. Golf, And then it'll lead into all of our major events plus league events. And then you can also uh, uh, get in touch with the Commissioners Ottawa Open there as well. You got two minutes for Sun Scramble. Sure, Sun Scramble. So that was our marquee event uh, before taking on the Commissioner's Ottawa Open. Uh, Sun Scramble started in 2005. Grew, grew, grew. We're now up to uh, you know over 1,200, 1,200 competitors. Nine qualifiers. So every month there's two qualifiers leading up to our big, big city championship week in August. Um, there's a division for every golfer, whether you shoot over 100 whether you're a lady who shoots in the 80s, whether you're senior, junior, that's 12 years old, we have divisions for everybody. So um, Ottawa Sunscramble.golf is that that website, and all the information is there. Registration is now open. You'll register directly into qualifier, which are at some great golf courses. And if you qualify, then you go into City Championship Week. That then funnels to uh, Championship Saturday or Championship Sunday, depending on your division, at uh, either Rockland or or Marshes. And uh, then we crown 13 divisional Championship teams at the end of August. What does
1: Lindsay think of all this? Um, Is she gonna kill you soon. Yeah. yeah she That's will. Mrs. Rahathi, by the way, everyone, so <laughs> it's not a real death threat.
2: It's well, just one thing will. <laughs> yeah. One <laughs> thing I will say though, you know To compliment you again, this is weird, I know, for us, complimenting you.
5: But I
2: I think it's it's very cool that we even have this event in Ottawa. I I don't think people in Ottawa realize how lucky we are to have something that's so expansive and so accessible to play in with all the divisions you have, with how well the event's put on. You know, I think if you can find a partner, everybody, get involved. Sign up for a qualifier. If nothing else, because you'll get to experience, you know a process that most people don't get to go in competitive, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: it's competitive, but super fun because you're with a partner. Uh, Lisa Haim, two-time uh, ladies B champion yeah. or C champion or B champion, Lee? Yeah. C? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Don't and, Be careful. And, don't say it's C. If it's I know, big No, fun. no, it's, it's C. And we've I, been sponsoring our junior golf initiative, Lee, and mine and yours, Jake, as we've been sponsoring the junior thing for years. So, yeah, it's
5: great. It's citywide. It's super fun. It's awesome. It goes back to that mission of just making golf exciting and getting golfers out there to play, and it's an easy way. Uh, two-person scramble format, which like you said, makes it fun, but it's by the rules we treat everybody equal, so it's your shot to feel like you're in a massive tournament and have fun along the way. By the
1: way, Andy runs a bunch of trips too, they go all over the place. I know, Dominican, Street. Binghamton I, you're going to Cabot this spring, it's sold yep. out in a day. Yeah. Have you sent the email out about Ireland yet? Or are uh, you just sitting around doing nothing? Monday or Tuesday Okay, so we're going to see, we might take a year off, we don't know, or if there's big demand, we're going to do it this
5: fall, right? Well, our this is trip. the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Travel's expensive out there, so when 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 the price tags come out for flights and stuff, just don't be shocked if it's 30% more than you're used to. Not yeah. our trips, really, but like just that's a general statement. So everything's gone up in price. It so is travel. We were so. looking,
1: uh, Andy and I, last week. Everyone, we we're looking at. Flights to Ireland and holy smokes! We used to be able to get a flight eight nine hundred eleven hundred $1, dollars. It's a couple of grand now, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it changes the Which game is a the little new bit. Normal anyway. Yeah. Okay, well you just pay my way, so that's sure. Yeah, thanks. We ah, Do you hear that? We, we Do you hear that, <laughs> Do you hear that, everybody? Ah. Anyway, okay. Good job. <laughs> thank you so me. much, pal. Yeah, oh, thank well, you guys. What's with the tooth, by the way? What tooth? Yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs>
1: You look like Claude Giroux sitting here. you getting a
5: tooth made or what? I'm getting a tooth made. Got knocked out playing some uh, men's league hockey, but we'll have a new tooth in there soon. What happened? Elbow or
1: helmet or stick or what? Stick. Stick. A follow through? Did it cut your lip like and...
5: No, it was, uh, it didn't really make a big impact, but it was an existing crown, so it was probably already fragile a week. It just popped out. It didn't hurt. I'm fine. Don't worry. I got about it. Me, Kevin. When Jake was Cain, little. You so was it Jake or
1: Jackson who hit me? And I uh, got stitches Jackson. in my lip. Yeah. That's the most painful thing I've ever had. Stitches in your lip. Mm. So, you know, us tough Canadians, though. We just deal with it and move on, right? Correct. Thanks, Andy Rahathi. Let's go to break camp. I know we're long again, but anyway, that's the way she goes. Uh, Play some ads for our great sponsors now. Jake and I will be back live from the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. I'm Kevin Hain. This is Teed Up on TSN 1200. Good to see you, Jeff. Jeff James from Loyalist is popping by the booth here. What's that, Jeff? I'm on air, man. What's going on? It's good to see you, you too. We love you and miss you. How are the kids doing? Austin's here here working. What about Augusta? What's she up to? uh, Awesome. Way to go, man. Go down to Loyalist, everybody. Go down to Loyalist and play golf. Great spot. Okay, uh, Jake, we got our BioSteel. Welcome back. Uh, tee it up here live from the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. Don't forget to come by our booth and scan to win from our friends at TMSI. You've got uh, 10 half hours at the Superdome or a foursome with carts at Equinel. Two great prizes. So thanks to Darren McCorst and his team for that. BioSteel. They're giving away tons of BioSteel here. That's one of the sponsors I know. What do you think of that? I've never had a BioSteel.
2: Neither have I. It's my first time. It's you know what? It's, it's pretty it's good. Huh? Sweeter than I expected, but quite good. It's more Gatorade like but it's better it? than Gatorade. How
1: do we rank? We got five here. Three from T uh, TSN and us. How do we rank it compared to like a Gatorade? It's just as good. It's pretty strong. This one's sweet. It's stronger than Gatorade. Yeah. This one. It, what's that flavor, Jake? I can't read the box. Uh, Rainbow Twist. Yeah. It's like a fruit punch. Pretty good. That's Brooks' drink, right? Brooks got the BioSteel going, so exactly. There you go, BioSteel. Come get some at the show. I don't know why I said that, but there you go. Okay, Jake, we got to talk 2024 PGA Tour schedules. Yeah, Another massive story this week. Uh, it's getting some criticism because of the no cut thing. They've basically formalized and reorganized some things they've introduced in 2023, which is you know
2: augmented events. Yeah. So let's let's. Let's start off by defining what's going on. Okay, I'm okay. going to
1: let you do it because you look like you want to.
2: Sure. Okay, Sounds go. great. I'm prepared. Go. So essentially what they're doing is the designated event idea from this year is being expanded upon. There are going to be 16 designated events in 2024 and potentially going forward. Eight of the events are the four majors, the Players' Championship. And the three playoff events. So those events aren't changing. They are just maintaining the designated status. But they and they have raised the purses big time this year, and they're keeping that or making them even bigger next year. Absolutely, that's a component of it. Um, the the designated events are averaging a twenty million dollar purse. Uh, so it's big money basically signifying it's a big event. And the goal of that is not only to signify it's a big event, but essentially redistribute funds to the players that are, you know, performing the best, bringing the most to the tour as a result. There are also going to be eight other designated events, and this is where we're seeing the major change. Those eight events are going to be limited field, no-cut events of 70 to 80 players. So essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to have large events with the top players there, both of those, the best players from the year before, and hot players. They're aiming for about a 40% churn rate, which I think is a really important part of this story. The 40% of the players that are in these designated events will be churned every year, so they don't necessarily automatically qualify for the designated events in the next year. And the, the byline of the tour is by having the smaller field, it keeps the best players playing in this events, but a lot of guys who are on the fringe playing in the normal, non-designated PGA Tour events as well. Yep. So they aren't cannibalizing those events by putting these on. Yep. And you can guarantee that for the four days, these stars are going to be there. So if you're either seeing the events in person or you're watching television, you know who's going to be playing week to week.
1: Generally speaking, though, you're going to... I mean, the whole thing's designed to get your best players. You say they're not guaranteed. There's a churn over, but... I mean, your Rory's, your Roms, your Scheffler's, your...
2: Yes, assuming they play well, they
1: should, they're going to be there. Now, the Ricky Fowler at number seven, he may not be, right? He may be playing in the non-designated events on the PGA Tour to try to qualify into one of those limited spots to get into the designated events.
2: Agreed. And I think that speaks to the last quick thing set up that we should talk about is how do you get into these designated events? Because I think this is an important piece of this pie. So the basic way it's going to work, everybody, is if you're in the top 50 players of the FedEx Cup points list in the previous year, you are qualified for all of the designated events. So essentially, in 2023, the players that make the second playoff event, those top 50 guys, they will be in your pool of designated event players for 2023. By the way,
1: one thing to say is, as you explain who's going to be in, there's a lot of talk on the Internet this week that there'll be haves and have-nots, but a lot of those players who are just outside that 50, like a Ricky Fowler, are now going to show up at the John Deere's to try to get
2: into those designated Yeah, events. I think it's the haves and the also haves, right? Yeah, the haves, haves the, even more. Have a lot and have a ton. Where it, it, I've heard it equated to almost soccer, right? Where you have the Premier League, you have the top few teams that are designated above everybody else and they make most of the money. But then they also have everybody they're playing against in a secondary size of the league. I, I think that's a pretty apt comparison. I'm a big Wrexham fan. Yes, well, that's not quite. Ryan Premier Reynolds, League, Wrexham fan, but yes,
1: they're not quite Premier League yet.
2: But getting uh, so there. the other people who are uh, exempt to play in it, the top ten players, not otherwise eligible. So if they're outside that top fifty from the previous year, but they are in the twenty twenty four top ten of the FedEx Cup, they will also be playing in the designated events. Any players that are the top five in the non-designated Did events you make notes. No, this is the memo that the tour released. It looks like
1: you made some notes, even. That's a good trip.
2: That the the top five players from the previous non-designated events, so essentially the hottest players from the normal tour events, will also be getting into these designated events. Um, And then any PGA Tour members that are top 30 in the world, not otherwise exempt, will also be into the tour. And then the final way to get in is if you win. So if you go win, for for example, the John Deere Classic. Like you Chris, well, Chris Kirk just won the Honda, so he would have got into Bay Hill, right? 100%. So that's how you get in. So basically, if you are top 50 in the previous year, top 10 in the current FedEx Cup, top 5 in the events leading up to it, or you win, that's how you punch your ticket into these bigger events. And they so, are
1: big events, and uh, I like everything about it. I'm not big on the no-cut thing. It's just like. I used to love Q School way more than even graduating through the Corn Ferry Tour, but in in the end, I don't think this cut thing is a hill to die on. I just think it's a, a bit of a bonehead move by the tour because they've been knocking Liv about, you know, to be a real event, you have to have a cut, and you, you eat what you kill, and they've been
2: talking like that like crazy, and then they come out with this system with no cuts. So. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I totally agree with everything you just said. I think the important distinction, though, is that this is not the same as what Liv is doing. I think a lot of people are making that parallel, and I do not think that's a fair parallel. What is, what is true you about it... You don't get it, your money up front. If you, just because there's
1: no cut doesn't mean you, you don't finish last and you don't make much money. Like, agreed,
2: and the players aren't selected. So here, to me, is the important difference. Yes, it is a limited field, not as limited as Liv, but a limited field event where there isn't a cut. So in that regard of the entertainment side of it, there are some similarities. However you are selected to play and live by the people who organize live. You are offered a contract, you accept that contract, you are automatically playing in those tournaments. In this case, there still is the meritocracy of having to play your way into the tournaments. Yep. You are right. Someone like Rory McIlroy is probably going to qualify for the designated events. But if Rory doesn't play like Rory McIlroy, he is no longer going to be in the tournaments after a year or two. Is that likely? Probably not. But it is a always a reality. So not only are you going to see... A lot of players that you may not expect in these designated events because they happen to be up-and-coming stars that play their way in. But there is motivation for a lot of the top players that maybe aren't the tippy-top players, let's say the top 30 guys, to wind up playing in both these and the normal tour events yeah, because it's you only get in. Yeah, 16 events. Typically, I think
1: a PGA Tour plays between 21 and 23. The guys went to live and said, this is so great because they only have to play 12 or 14. They made no secret of that. Tiger Woods always played about 18. Jack Nicklaus played low 20s. I mean, <coughs> M plays, uh, uh, he plays 32. He's like Brooke Henderson on the LPGA Tour. Loves to play. He plays 30-some events. So some good players, sir, some marquee players will still be in those smaller events. But I also think we're going to see the other thing where the guy's falling off that top 50 or he's, he's getting out of there, right? He's not going to be, no, I guess the 50's in for every
2: event the next year, right? Or do they shuffle? No, the, the the top 50, but you have to be in the top 50 again. Like, this is the thing that we all need to think about, right? If you're top 50 in the previous year, you were in for all the designated events. So if you're events. 47th with three non-designated
1: events to go before the playoffs, you're probably going to play in them because you want to make sure you're in again next year.
2: Totally. You need the points yep. to be able to stay in or else you could get leapfrog. Interesting. It, you know, the... And to me, that is an important differential. I agree with you that I wish they had a cut halfway through the week, even if it's just twenty-five guys. Take the guys at the bottom of the field who yeah, really aren't going to win anything, the tournament. right? Uh, we we start with eighty, we cut to sixty, like anything, just so you can say
1: that you know if you don't play, because what I don't like about and and people don't realize this happens on tour. You know, there are guys they'll never admit it who bogey the last two holes on Friday because they don't want to play on the weekend, being in last place. You know, they're already multimillionaires. Like, there's there's some crap that happens. You know, I, I just don't like it when guys can just kind of float along, tee off first, play in three hours, shoot 77, and get a big check. You know, I, I just think that the purity of sport, you got to gut it out to try to make the cuts and... So if you don't make the cut, off you go. Go do your laundry. See you next week. But anyway, uh, they still may adjust things a little bit. I don't think that's a hill I want to die on, but that's my opinion on that a little bit. Now, one one thing we should do today, and I think your mom was giving us both a bit of a lecture about this, is we haven't commented on the positive changes to the coverage so far this year. And I think there are some positive changes, you know, in that uh, they've got Amanda kind of interviewing more often. They've been interviewing players on the course during actual play. They've been doing some more tech stuff. They seem to be putting the scores up more often. They have a bit of a pre-game roundtable happening, so they are trying some things. What do you like that you've seen so far in coverage of the PGA Tour? Because we've been we've been complaining about this, Jake, for three or four years. You and yeah, I.
2: I think in general, you know, the one complaint you could still have is the commercial load is still too high. But that is baked into these contracts. Well, that is not going yeah, away. Yeah,
1: and the purses are bigger, so you're gonna those guys
2: are going to have to raise money by selling advertising. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when the meteorite deal eventually comes back up, that's going to be true, right? The, the you know, I think that's the one complaint. But otherwise, I just think they're doing a, a better job trying to change up how they cover things and be more golf focused and less surroundings focused. I, I, you know, I think the new talent that's come in, whether it's, you know, Amanda Renner's role or Colton O's role being. Expanded upon, I like or people like Smiley Kaufman coming in. I think those things are helping. Um, I, I think the number one big innovative thing they've done is that walk and talk with the players. You know, not everyone is going to be a hit in terms of the guys being funny when they're walking on the golf course, but that's not what I want out of that anyway. You know, I thought, for example, Colin Marakawa at Riviera when he played through number ten walking through the decisions he was making and even walking, watching you know the drive that came up behind him just short of the green and kind of going to the cameras man I really want to see how he plays that that's quite the shot he has to hit next like that stuff is very cool yeah. listening, it humanizes right it's good stuff it's and, insight and I listening like to these top players you know these most talented players on the planet talk about how they think about these situations can also help the average golfer and i think that's really really neat to have in there so i think there are things like that I'm that not are i'm big being on
1: that uh, new thing where they predict where the ball's going to land what do they call that the pre-
2: oh yeah i don't know what they call it i agree with you take it away i don't want to know like
1: uh, yeah it, it's kind of like like uh, top with the top tracer line you still well, i guess it's track trackman this year but you still have like, is it going to? Is it dead accurate? Because it could not quite have the ball, and it might be a little more to the right or left than you think. And then if they hit it too far or too short, it's still a bit of suspense. When they show exactly, based on all the stats at uh, impact, exactly where the ball's going to land, I don't, I don't think I like
2: that. Yeah, I don't I think, think I need that I, anyway. I, think, I mean, you know, the perfect example was, if everybody thinks back to John Rahm and Max Homa shooting out at Rivera, John Rahm gets to the, you know, par three... Uh, right after you know, Max makes a birdie on 13, or bogey on 13, John makes a birdie. And he hits a shot, right as soon as it comes off the face, he goes, oh, be good, because he knows it's going to be a good shot. There is that suspense for a couple of seconds when you're watching golf of, is it as good as he thinks? Is it going to land as close as it looks like it might? It would have been this wonderful kind of moment of TV watching it, oh, my God, he landed it four feet short of the pin and almost went in. Yeah. Instead, the predictor shot told us, no, it's good. Yeah. Like it's close. So, you, you know, John I
1: Rom, do you see John Rom is 100 under par on par 5s this year? 100 under par this year. That's extraordinary scoring. I don't know how many events, four or five events, that's it. So, crazy. Is that possible? Or is that since the the Oh, now I'm screwing up the stat cuz that's not possible if he's only played in five events. If you have only played in 20 rounds, can you be 100 under? I guess you could. Yeah, you absolutely could. Man, that's that's insane. Okay, what else do you want to see? I'm kind of sandbagging you. I haven't uh, asked you this. What else do I want to see going forward? Well, the next thing on the coverage. I want to get rid of the Goodyear blimp. I mean, God love the Goodyear blimp, but it seems like it should be, you know, flying over. Leave it to Beaver's house. I mean, let's send a drone up. You get the same overhead footage in this little plasticky thing that costs $1,000.
2: Like, do we need the Goodyear blimp anymore? It's an advertising thing, but... You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about how the camera systems work. I don't you know, hate, good. The but good you're right. It does point. seem age. I'm aged. just saying it, it's it's not exactly state of the art stuff. You know, what else do you want to see? What I would say is, I, I I want them to continue leaning into more of kind of the stats of how golf works and explaining the context to people. You know, one thing we can say about watching golf in general, if you don't understand golf to a reasonable level, it's it's difficult because not everybody understands. Why some shots that might not even be that close to the hole are as good as they are, or why some shots maybe that look okay are actually bad given the context of the yeah round. So more close management in. stuff,
1: and and if they talk to the players more, you're going to find out more about that stuff. Agreed. I don't like
2: my angle from here, and I've got to hit the ball low because of the wind and the and the slope on the green. And, and I think you know the broadcast for a long time has been scared to lean into that stuff because it seems like nitty gritty technical stuff. But let's be honest. Golf is a very strategic, nitty-gritty sport. It's not for everybody. You know what I want? I want them to lean into that a little bit. And this is what you're going to want, too, when you hear how great it is.
1: I want an hour pregame show on CBS. If they come on at 3 o'clock from 3 to 3.45, whatever, or come on at 2, and I I want them on the range, looking in the golf bags, talking to the caddies. um, Yeah, it could be great. Figuring out all that stuff. And they can even have two guys out on the course talking about how the course is playing well, to a different green you greens. know even if it's not kind of round tabley stuff but also walk in the range talking
2: to players before they tee off a- and I'd that's love one that. and that's one thing that hasn't been possible up to now because you have 144 players playing in the tournament there's just too many tee times you can't do a pregame yeah. but when you're talking about these more elevated events that have 70 players or 80 players all of a sudden this starts to be more possible what what about a locker room interview you
1: know like 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 but you could pre-tape them, Jake. You could show up at the course and say, earlier today we talked to, and, and ask them good questions about their equipment and what they're working on with their coaches. and everything." I mean, I, I've always... No, I know, but
2: you're not going to see the guys who are teeing off later on the weekend at those things. That's what I'm saying, is it's been a difficulty in terms of how golf is formatted and played. The great thing about golf, we
1: play golf, we play the same courses that the pros play. So we can relate and hear about how they're hitting shots and what equipment they're using, because we use the exact same equipment. There's Agreed. no bifurcation. And it'd be neat to spend more time digging into that stuff. All right, got to go to break. We'll uh, come back with lots more. Do I have a guest next segment? Jeff Botter from Flexic Golf Magazine is coming over to chat with us. That's fantastic. So we have a guest next segment. We'll get Jeff's opinion on this. Jeff's been around, I think, 26 years now, and uh, the Ottawa scene with his flags, Flagstick.com and uh, Flexic Flagstic Magazine is more normal. No more, but they've got their new podcast and everything. So we'll chat with Jeff right after this. Uh, quick break. Pretty well said, Jake. A minus. I'm just trying. I to really work. love this rating. I'm system. trying to work on your game a little bit here. You know, but it's important to know where you stand. I mean, you know, if I just said you're great when you're not, I mean, that's not really good. So I'm giving you. I'm, I'm, yeah, we need to have this
2: talk on air too. That's fantastic. I, I love it. This is up twelve hundred. There's a dude with a new golf bag he just
1: bought. Fantastic. Hope you got a good deal on it. Taylor made golf bag. Uh, last time Bruce went on tour for his river tour, um, we went down to Rochester. Uh, Jake, remember that? I do. What year was that? 16, 17, something like that. Yeah, I would pre- have said COVID,
2: 17.
1: Where they play the Rochester Americans at the Amerks play, and we were in, like, the penalty box. Like, our seats were so cool. <laughs> We had, like, they had general admission. It was a great rink. It'd be like having Springsteen in the Civic Center, you know, or whatever they call that now. What do they call that now? Is it still the Civic Center? TD Place. TD Place. It's like having Springsteen in the rink, the little small rink. And he even said that. They they set the lights up, and he said, wow, this is an awesome building to play in. It's like 8,000, you know, just a really good size. Anyway, our seats, we had the penalty box, so the four of us were in there. Jackson and Jake and Lisa and I and we were jamming away I was singing at the top of my lungs and we kind of had this private little spit filled wooden box we were sitting in so sounds good until I throw spit in there but other than that it was really a neat experience okay welcome back final segment Jeff Botter from uh, Flagstick uh, is with us what do you think Jeff haven't seen you in a while COVID and stuff it has been a while You've been a little bit uh, well, like we all have, right? Trying to get through COVID, figure things out, and everything. Yep. And uh, you and how, how long are you and uh, Scotty been doing your podcast now? Uh, up po- on a year? This
3: podcast, uh, the Flagstick Podcast, this is the second year. Yeah. Um, we both did our own thing for a, for a few years uh, with our own separate podcasts, and then decided to merge the two of them together. Into yeah. it. it made more sense for us to do it well, together than to do it separately, considering. Yep.
1: And then you've lost Joe. Joe McClain yeah, has moved lost along. Huh? He, he's, he's in a, a field somewhere just hanging out. <laughs> hey?
3: I think he'll still be somewhat involved <laughs> in golf. I I don't know that he'll do much in the way of flagstick stuff. I think he'll keep himself busy with, with other things. But yeah. uh, he's put in his time with uh, with flagstick. God, he, I saw he, a he couple
1: of awards, right? The OVGA put him in the Hall of Fame. and then yeah. uh, As
3: they did uh,
1: as you they and did your Lisa lovely and I, wife, Yes, yeah. for all our charity work. Well, that's all Lisa. We all know that's all Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, Golf Canada just announced he's yep. going uh, for all his volunteer work for tournaments and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, he's uh,
3: much deserved. I mean, he's been he's been at it uh, since since even before you were uh, in I the know. zone. Like, he was doing the assistance tour back in those days and. Um,
1: he always sends me little things about my dad when they form the Ottawa
3: PGA and stuff. Yeah. You know, he'll
1: find an article somewhere. Or-
3: well, he's with the, obviously he's with the Historical Society and he's the archivist for the OVGA and he does a lot of stuff with the PGA too as far as archives and history. So it's kind of his thing, always has been You know, his we thing. don't think
1: about that, Jeff, how important guys like him are. Even you, you know, I've said many times about Flagstick, we need Flagstick because Flagstick, you know, you... you I mean, you uh, track everything going on in history of golf, and now it's all digital. So we're going to have it without yeah. guys like Joe, who won the 1952 whatever,
3: right? Exactly. You lose it all. Well, it, those, it's
1: in an attic somewhere, and you need people to do that hard work to keep our history.
3: Yeah, those things aren't necessarily online. I yeah. mean, you know, they might be somewhere down the road, but they're really they're in binders and books and boxes, and you know, yeah, you're right. You need people like Joe that that want to do that. Like that's. That's something that it's not really my thing like digging deep into the history of the game that's not really my thing but what is your a, thing I'm in the moment I live Are you? I, I'm always trying I'm always it. trying to think ahead cuz I got to figure out what 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 else nasty's going to happen that's going to make me have to do something else that I'm not <laughs> planning on doing okay what's ahead for this year you know this uh, this year is more of trying to I think we're we're looking at doing uh, more event-based stuff. Uh, looking at doing more uh, trips and and uh, and social things. That's a neat thing to do. I mean, we that's have a good to. space to be in. We're in that. We're in that area of where we're always we're always out there. We're always involved. Um, we're just trying to start to take advantage of some of the contacts that we've built over all these years to to change the business model a little. Well, bit. you change it a lot. I mean, the magazine. Well, we were forced to change it a lot in the in the, with the whole COVID thing. That. Not doing a print magazine was never the intention to make that happen as fast as it happened. Yeah. That well, was even sort of though, forced. even
1: though Jeff, I mean, like all media, you've had to really reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember you and I listening to Sens games, and the guys are writing their story. Yeah. And you don't know who wins the game till you tune in the next morning. Or, I mean, we live that world, right? Yeah. Uh, it is a different world. Now, Scott is everywhere. Scott McLeod, who's at Flagstick <laughs> normally. I, do you ever uh, tweet out stuff? No, not, not Flagstick-related stuff. Okay. Personally, yes. Or
3: I, I'm, I'm more of a sharer.
1: But I'm saying, like, at TSN 1200, I think different people tweet yeah, on no, the feed. I don't
3: do any of the Flagstick. So that's, that's all, Scott. At Flagstick is actually at Scott.
1: <laughs> at, at never sleeps is what it is. Well, at I never like the, sleeps. Th- I think
3: he sleeps. I'm not sure, really.
1: I don't know when, yeah. There's a lot of tweets uh, coming out all the time. a lot of stuff
3: on that guy's plate. Yeah. A lot of stuff on his plate,
1: but I mean, the magazine was. I, I was thinking coming in here today. You used to come in to get your magazine, right? Yep. I mean, that was the that was the deal. For well, years it's funny and because
3: years. yesterday here at the expo, the morning group was a much older crowd. Like it was, the, it was more the senior crowd, obviously, because other people are working too. But yeah, um, and I had more people coming up to me yesterday. More or yesterday, rate right, as the show opened at noon, sort of that noon to two thing asking for the magazine like we're you know are you coming back out it's a print magazine come back out cuz that's the that's the generation yep. that that doesn't go yep. online or yep. doesn't tweet or doesn't follow us on Instagram so they get that information from Flagstick from the print Well, of course with there not being a print magazine we're back to we're we're kind of into all online all digital and the crowd that we're getting today and the crowd we got last night Different. spoke to a, spoke to less people because they're they're not they're not used to having the print magazine anyway. They're too young to really understand that we ever had one.
1: I think you should be like dancing on TikTok with like a, a flagstick
3: <laughs> jersey on. TikTok is coming for us, but that's going to no, be a slow no, process. Don't, like, go I don't,
1: know. don't go to TikTok. You got it. We got to no. stay. We got to stay real. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Uh, so you said trip. So you run your flagstick tournaments. You doing those this year? We have the flagstick open, which uh,
3: was we was pretty uh, much. Hi so
1: guys, it's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Come scan your badge here and win some prizes. Scan your phone or... Oh, yeah, you got to scan your phone. Sorry. We don't want your scan. You scan <laughs> us. Okay, sorry, Jeff.
3: The flagstick open at, uh, at Equinel is the first event in May, and it sold out. It completely sold out in a week. It was a pretty right? much 90% awesome. sold out in two days. Um, so that one's done. We have the two ball in the fall at Brockville Country Club that we'll start opening registration for, but it did really well last year. It's a very unique event because it's you can mix indexes uh it's not a it's not a net tournament it's a gross tournament but we play by a modified stableford system fun and uh last year we had team that had one guy that was a scratch player one guy that was a 15 finished second you know just the way that the, the way that the points in the format is it, it kind of opened the door for everybody That's and we've one set of tees for everybody
1: and then what are you doing with
3: trips you so so looking. if
1: people want to play in any of your events they go to flagstick go to
3: flagstick.com and then they go to events and they'll be Okay. There's going to be an announcement at some point, about one in the summer, um, okay. but we're not we're not 100% ready to, to talk about it just yet because okay. it's still too new. Uh, Trips, we're, we're working with Golf PEI on trying to do something. Uh, they're a, a big partner of ours with some stuff this year, so we're trying to work on some stuff there. Um, And then we'll look at some day trips and and some social events and things like that.
1: You know how much I love the East. I mean, Lisa and I go to Cabot and Jake to Cabot all the time. I mean, you can't beat a trip East is therapeutic, man. It is. When you you head and get that sea salt air in your (laughs) lungs and play a little golf, it's a wonderful week. So are you planning, uh, you think you're going to have a trip organized for this year?
3: We're hoping to. We're hoping to, but it, it depends on on them as well and their availability and and how things go for them. Things are going very well and in, in, with Golf PEI right now with uh, with bookings and trips and yeah, you and know
1: sometimes show. sometimes they're so full these places that you can't even organize your trips. Well, right? that's I it. mean, it's but crazy.
3: This one might be different because it's in partnership with them, so it's a you know they'll they'll make more available. Well, Scotty's from can. there, isn't he? Not originally, but his, uh, he yeah, I mean, his uh, his family is all PEI. I mean, everybody. I mean, when we went down there, I think he introduced me to a cousin every place we went. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the McLeods. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a mix something in Cape Breton, too, on every
3: street corner. You yeah, know I mean, he was driving by places. And saying, that's a cemetery where my great, great all uncle the mix. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> I know.
1: It's fantastic. Okay, we only have two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, what do you see for the year? First of all, uh, 10 seconds on the show. Good show. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, so it far it seems it's really less coupony good. and more. Uh, yeah, it's substance. a little smaller
3: footprint for the show. There's a little less exhibitors, I think, than they've had in the past. But that's sometimes that's good because you get the quality of exhibitors as opposed to quantity, and the the f- footprint of the show is smaller. So it's uh, you know, th- there's lots of people. You know. Yeah, they said it was a gong. <laughs> the it, quote was the gong show.
1: That's Gavin it was pretty
3: It was Gavin. <laughs> Yeah, I can expect that. The range was a gong show, he said. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, and what about for this year? What are you predicting? We only have a minute, so I got to predict for
3: the golf season. I mean, I think it's going to be. I think we might see a little bit more of a, uh, things coming back, a settling, uh, you know, settling, settling. settling down. Because I think we're still in that mode where we had that big, huge COVID boom where everything was golf, 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 golf. Because the only thing you could do. And I think now that people are able to do more stuff, I think we're going to see a little bit more settling. Um, than we had the last couple of years. I think we saw a little bit of it last year where things weren't quite as packed, and we might see a little bit more of that this year. But I don't think we're going to go all the way back to two, three years ago.
1: I don't either. I think you know. it's, uh, we're in a nice spot. You know, We really are, and I think people are valuing. It's funny, you know, some of the uh, costs of the equipment is so high, but everyone's buying it anyway. I mean, yeah, and the supply chains have improved a little bit too. Hey, Jeff, so. Hey, there goes the big boss right there. Oh, Jeff Calderwood coming <laughs> by. Good deal. Uh, yeah, I I think so too. I think we're going to have a good year. I I actually think we might be up a bit from last year. I think we're going to, yeah, I I think, and I think we're going to have an early spring. As weird as that sounds today (laughs) with the snow, I think once this is done, in like a lion, out like a lamb, you're you're going to see as of the 15th of March, it's going to mellow right out and it's going to, it's going to be a great spring. I'm scared to see it melt. (laughs) Or I'm going to go after Matt Scooby if he doesn't stop with the, uh, more snow coming, everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after Matt Scooby. I think <laughs> anyway. Okay, Jeff. Uh, we'll send people to your website. Best place to uh, they can look at all of your uh, podcasts there. Yep, definitely. Course. And then also uh, just for all
3: the news that's in golf. Exactly. Anything we missed? You got ten seconds. It no, you got, you, you got everything. You got everything. You know, get to the website, subscribe to the newsletter, so you can, uh, you can be aware of everything as we post it because this stuff is posting every single day on the website it's not awesome. like it used to be where it'd be like once or twice a week it's and always. and scotty
1: is a great follower at flagstick a great follower on twitter yes, okay sure. that'll do it for us uh thanks so much everyone we're, we're we've been live here from the ottawa Gatineau golf expo at the ey center come on out open till five o'clock today you can scan to win a couple of great prizes at our uh, booth and i'm sure at many others as well thanks to jeff botter thanks to andy Rahathi. Uh, thanks to Greg Chambers, the executive director and boss of this show, for being on earlier. Thanks to Jake. Jake, overall, A-. minus. Way, way to go. <laughs> Let's this go could back be a weekly. Yeah. I think we should do Let's a weekly thing. Do you think we should do a weekly thing? Totally. The Jake ranking. I think it's great. It's like the TSN turning point, the Jake ranking. Uh, Cam, great job back there at 87 George. Team, uh, thank you for everybody here on site. Uh, go sends Go, and we'll talk to you all again in seven days.